With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hello, and welcome back into the Starcastic Remarks studios. My name is Ryan Chambers, and alongside James, this is Starcastic Remarks. Welcome to the Training Camp Eve episode. Hope you guys are doing well tonight. I'm already getting like savagely beaten in the comment section before the stream even starts. And I'm like, geez, Brooke, thanks a lot, Brandon. I appreciate y'all so much. (laughs) We'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor of this episode of THPN. And uh, we really appreciate them continuing their partnership for the last three years with us and with the network here. So Anyways, James, before I ravagely go on James or on Brandon and Brooke here, uh, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, Chris ditched us for work stuff. Which yeah. Okay. So, so here's here's you, you know what I was thinking. This is exactly what I was thinking. It's like it's almost like Chris put Brandon and Brooke up to like savagely like go against <laughs> me or something since he's not here, right? Yeah. So someone's it, got to like, do it. Hey, someone's got to fill in and like. You know, be mean to Ryan since I'm not going to be there. Hey, Brooke, can you do us a favor? <laughs> so, I, I'm I, of course I'm just joking. All all joking aside, uh, how are you? How are you doing, James? Everything going okay over there out in Florida, out in mm-hmm. uh, Tampa Bay Lightning arenas? I got my Mountain Dew. Doing As good. do I. Hey, I got two. I got two. I got, a, I got a summer freeze one. This one's better. Oh, those are amazing. They taste I cut, exactly I cut like bomb. Last, I cut the last ones. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So speaking of Mountain Dew, since we're already on a, on a side tangent. So I already told you this story, but I don't think I told this on the podcast. So uh, we have like a reward room at the middle school band hall here where I work. And what they, what the kids do is they earn stickers and they can use said stickers to like buy things. And some of those things they can buy is like candy, chips, drinks, stuff like that. Right. Well, me being in charge of the candy room, I got to spend uh, the money on what I wanted to. So what I got to do is I got to spend uh, about $700 on stuff like that. And I bought about six cases of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And, and, and these are like the little 12 packs, y'all. This is like the 36 pack of Baja Blast. Because, of course, they're going out because it's no longer summer. So I have three that are stashed away that the kids don't know about. Well, I guess if they've listened to this episode, they'll figure it out. But they have no idea where it is, and I'm keeping it for myself. He stashed 108 <laughs> cans of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> 108 cans, okay? That's hey, it's, a lot it's amazing. It is okay. absolutely amazing. But that's excessive. That is not excessive. That's, that's going to last me. That's going to last me like two or three months. Two or three weeks. Two or three. Oh, I don't know about that. You're not Chris. I, it's just never mind. <laughs> yes, right. Oh, wait. Again, random thing. Have you tried the, the voodoo one yet? There's like a, it's, it's like a white one. It's for Halloween. No, I'm trying to not spend a lot of money. So, Oh, well, lame. It's really good. <laughs> How dare I not want to spend How money when I don't you? have a lot of it? <laughs> How dare you? Okay, uh, we're already we're already boring people. Okay. Anyways, uh, let's get into what we're actually here to talk about. Uh, we have got a ton of training camp stuff to talk to you guys about tonight. We're gonna go through uh, a bunch of Sod's articles tonight and some questions he's got for each of the players on the roster for the Dallas Stars. It's gonna be very interesting. Uh, we're gonna get some thoughts from myself and from James about the Traverse City Tournament. Uh, I got to watch uh, one game and a little bit of another. I think, James, you got to watch two of the three, or did you watch I all wa three? I watched uh, all three, but the third one I didn't get to watch like beyond the second period. Okay. Well, close enough. Um, and then we're going to get into some NHL stuff right off the bat here. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about the preseason games that are going on in Australia. That's going to be really cool. And we'll talk about the scope of that and see where that leads us. Uh, there was a, I don't want to say it's a minor trade, but it is an NHL level trade that we'll talk about between the Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens. And then obviously we have to talk about the big explosion that happened uh, over the past week, which we talked about it last Wednesday and it has completely changed into a 180. And of course, if you've been living on, under a rock, we're, of course, talking about Mike Babcock. And we'll, we'll get to that discussion here in a little bit. But first, let's just go ahead and start off with uh, Eden. Eden, yeah, Eden Shadlow. I believe she lives in uh, in Australia, if, if I remember correctly. Eden, let me know if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong or not. But uh, she and her sons are avid listeners to our podcast. We appreciate you, Eden. Uh, anyways, they got... Uh, preseason games going on there in Australia, and it's between the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes. So I think this is really cool. This is very different, something that I don't think they've ever done before. If they've done it, they might have done it once. But I mean, I mean, what do you what do you think about this? I think this is a great idea. I think it's cool for the fans in uh, Australia. Any thoughts about that? 
Yeah, I mean, this is you're trying to pull in another group who've never even really seen hockey before. I mean, that's going to get a lot of buzz just in the area, just because they're having a game there. I mean, there is hockey in Australia, but it's definitely like not well known. <laughs> so yes. they're they're trying they're trying to grow the sport by throwing preseason games in other countries, which is really cool. I was reading a couple of articles a couple of weeks ago about like all the stuff that they had to bring and they had to like ship all of their ice making equipment out there. And there's just the process. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is just for a couple of preseason games. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wow. I mean, they had but, some hockey out there, but it's, it's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't much, but it, it's still pretty cool. And, uh, I love to see, uh, the game growing and they they've gone to China. Obviously they've been in Europe because hockey is pretty popular in Europe. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, I believe I hope they keep doing it. Hmm? It's I hope they keep doing it. It's really yes, cool to see. I agree. And maybe at some point we might get more regular season games in other countries too. Maybe you shorten the, the, the season some and have some out of country games. That'd be awesome. I know there have been a, a group of Stars fans who have talked about the Stars hosting like a game in like like some, somewhere in Mexico or something like that, which I mean, I, I could see that making some sense considering that uh, Texas does have such a large Hispanic population. That would be cool. That's another maybe in like Mexico City or something like that. That uh, I don't think that's anywhere close on the horizon for the Stars. But still, uh, all of this stuff about growing the game and trying to get as much eyeballs on the product as possible is good for the stars, good for hockey, and I'm I'm loving it. I hope it continues. So, anyway, moving on from that. Uh, oh, Eden, cool. You get to see the Stanley Cup tomorrow. I haven't seen the Stanley Cup in many, many years. So, have fun with that. I think I got to see it at... Uh, did you get to see it at the Winter Classic in 2020? I don't know. Probably. I know I, I know I saw it. <laughs> I know I saw it, but the the line for it was I'm not joking. It was like four hours long and the game started in like 30 minutes. It wasn't worth it. So but anyways, moving on. There was a, a little minor trade we need to talk about because I don't know, we need more stuff to talk about. Uh Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith got traded from Pittsburgh to uh Montreal in that three team trade that ultimately led Eric Carlson becoming a Pittsburgh Penguin. But now he is a member of the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, Tanner Peterson and a third-round pick goes back to Montreal. Uh, any thoughts on, on that trade at all, James? What did you think? I mean, it's it's good for DeSmith. I mean, it, it was pretty clear that he was not going to stay in Montreal once he got traded there. But it's uh, Montreal gets back a third-round pick for him. That's That's pretty decent, so... And really the reason why they had to do this was because of the cap issues in, in Vancouver. Vancouver has not been run very well. Uh, the, well the current... it, it's it's not necessarily that it hasn't been run well. They just keep trying to go for it, and it hurts their cap every time you do that. It, it hurts every team every time that you just go for it, go for it, go for it. But, like, it, it's just it's been worse in Vancouver. Well, and they're still trying to get over the Jim Benning era, era trying to get through all those contracts. Although... I'm honestly a little bit surprised they traded Tanner Pearson. I, I really thought they were going to uh, get rid of Tyler Myers and his contract because right now he looks like he's going to be a third-pairing defenseman making, I think, $6 million or $8 million, something Shoot, like I that. So 
I honestly thought that he was going to be he was going to be traded and they were going to keep Pearson. But uh, Pearson is a uh, unfortunately an issue of the cap for Vancouver. I know they wanted to keep him, but it is what it is. Okay, uh, let's get into the the biggest thing that we need to discuss here, James, is the fact that Mike Babcock was the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets for not even three months, did not even coach a single game for the team, did not start training camp with them at all, and he still is top 10 in wins in Columbus Blue Jacket history. (laughs) So... Uh, when we left off last episode, we all kind of had this feeling, at least I did, that it was over, right? I, I, I thought it was, you know, spitting ticklets, coming out and just grasping at straws. And Boone Jenner and Mac ba- Mike Babcock both came out and said, there, there's really nothing to this. This is being overblown. I'm obviously paraphrasing here. I don't have the, the statement in front of me. But then a couple of days after that, it really started to get spicy once uh, the NHLPA uh, leader, uh, Marty Walsh, went down to Columbus and really started interviewing players. And it seemed like there was more to this story than the way... It it didn't just seem like it. There was some... There was more to the story that we don't know and we probably won't know for a while. But uh, Babcock knew there was more to the story, that's for sure. Yep. And... The, the the thing is, is he, he obviously resigned, but I really don't think he was given a choice, in, in my opinion. I, I think he he was basically told either you resign or we're firing you. And and that's how it kind of went. So th- there's so much to unpack with this story, but we really don't have the time to, to go into super depth with it. But. I mean, what are your whole thoughts on, on this whole situation? Is there something that comes out to you that really sticks out to you in your mind? A uh, certain person? I, I don't know. I mean, there's there have been so much talk on so many podcasts, on X, on Facebook, everywhere. What are you your mean thoughts? Twitter, Ryan. Not X. Twitter, Twitter. X, whatever. It's Twitter. I, they can name I, it whatever they want. It's Twitter. <laughs> Dang you, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> it's Twitter. The little like, bluebird still exists in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway uh, what are your thoughts? You know, it, it seems so weird because, like, I think it looks worse on the GM than anyone else. <laughs> like, the, the GM just hired this dude, and Nani, the season hasn't even started. He hasn't even started his actual, like, coaching process yet. And He's already done something bad enough that he was forced to resign. Now, the the thing is, is what he did was not illegal. So let, let, let's just flat out say yeah, that 100%. But, but dude, like... <laughs> Like there, there's, there's this thing called privacy. <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's this thing called privacy. And... What it also appears to me when you, when you look at the situation is I don't, and it really looks bad on Boone Jenner too. Like there are people that are going after Boone Jenner and saying, well, you, you know, stuck up for this guy. Well, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here. What I really think happened is this is I think his meeting with Babcock 
was much, much different than Babcock's meeting with some of the other players, right? That That's kind of how I view it. He kind of had like this, for lack of a better term, power struggle over some of these players that are lower down in the lineup, right? Because you want to keep the top players happy because they're really the ones that matter the most. They're the ones that have the most influence on the team and the decisions, including the head coach, right? So obviously he wants Boone Jenner to be on his side. So he's not going to pull the same crap with Boone Jenner than what he would have done with maybe like uh, Marchenko, for example, one of the the younger guys on the team or something like that. So that's just my my thought process and kind of what I thought about it. No, I I agree. Do you think that's true? If anyone's like going after a player that that defended it, it's obvious that the player either – didn't really have a problem with it or had a very different experience than the other players. I mean, and and obviously they they don't have the full story either. There's people who know everything and there's people who know one thing from one interaction. You can meet one dude on the street and he could be a very nice guy and all, and for all you know, he could have killed 10 people. Like it's, it's really like you, you don't know the whole story. Well, and I'm going to jump on the bandwagon with you. It, 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 this makes the whole organization look bad. And I believe you that I agree with you. It's 100%. I mean, we knew what Babcock was all about, right? He had done yeah, stupid crap like this in the past, right? Um, so maybe we should back up a little bit and explain what, kind of what he did. Basically, long story short, he went through a couple of guys' phones and he he said, hey, show me some pictures of your family. Uh, to some players and then other players he was like give me your phone i want to look through your phone and stuff like that and not all of these quote-unquote meetings happened at uh, the rink or in any kind of columbus blue jacket building some of them happened at babcock's house so like one of the things i i read about and i believe it to be true he invited a player over for lunch right to just as like a meeting, as as a get to know you thing is what it kind of sounded like. And he took the player's phone, was looking through it, and then kicked them out without even giving him lunch. Hmm. That's weird. Like, yeah, that's weird. Uh, that, that, that just <laughs> a little weird. weird. Okay. It's a little weird. And then okay, and then here's the other thing. I, I'm sorry. Like this is brand. This is not brand new stuff that we've seen from Mike Babcock in the in the past, right? Like, and as Stars fans, we should be absolutely uproared at this guy because of one particular player, and that's Mike Madonna. Mike Madonna, when he retired, had 1,499 games. And you know who kept him from getting his 1,500th game, which is a feat very few players get to? Mike Babcock, when he spent the one season in, with the Detroit organization. So, it, I mean, and you can you can talk to other players like Johan Franzen back in the day when uh, he, he even won the Stanley Cup with with Mike Babcock, and still, it, Johan Franzen has nothing good to say about Mike Babcock, and th- like the guy had some mental issues because of him, and then Mike Commodore, who's a former player, doesn't like him either. Jason Spezza doesn't really like him either. So, it's not like. I I just I, I, I don't I know. think I, more of this is 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 the the more and more that we talk about the more and more I think it's just a stupid decision by the GM to do that. But it's just it's the hiring because they have the experience in the league 
and you're not really looking at what what they are as a person and you're just looking at who that that they've been in the league they know what they're doing and here's the thing and actually i actually learned a lot from uh, the steve dangle podcast i watched their episode about uh their latest episode about mike babcock uh getting he, he got fired let's just say it point put it as it is getting fired they went really into depth on that episode. So if you really want to get more into it, you should go and listen to that episode because it was uh, it was very good. By the way, just lots of language. So if you're don't don't listen to it around kids or anything like that. But they went into depth about this, and they went back to the introductory press conference when he was introduced as the head coach of the Blue Jackets, right? And one of the things they were pointing out was that they didn't really talk to anybody that doesn't like Mac Mike Mike Babcock. So one of the guys they talked to was Ken Hitchcock, which they've been buddies for decades, right? Um they talked basically they didn't really talk to anybody that had anything bad to say about Mike Babcock cuz they just had I guess just in their mind and I'm kind of stealing the words from Steve Dangle podcast, I got to give them credit. This is their guy. They're just trying to validate it to themselves as to why they should go and get it. And they only talk to the people that would say good things about the about that guy. So they didn't go and talk to Mike Commodore, Johan Franzen, or Jason Spezza, or you know any of the players in Toronto, or former players in Detroit, or anything like that. They only talk to the people that would say good things about him. So the, the, one of the things they said is they did their due diligence, in quotations. Bullcrap! <laughs> and, they, and again, they, that, they didn't that do comes due diligence. that comes back to the GM though. That's 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 what it all comes back to. So that's really all I have to say about it. Okay, so I don't want to go any further on this because we got so much more to talk about, and there's more interesting and more fun things to talk about. But last question, James, do you think that uh, the GM Yarmo Kekalainen? Do you think that his head is on the chopping block, as someone said in our in our chat? Probably. I hope so. <laughs> they they did come out recently and say that he is not, at least at this time. That was like literally their words, was in yeah, quotations, but, at this time. But how many GMs have hired a coach that has gotten fired in the same offseason? Didn't start a game. Didn't even start freaking training camp. Nope. <laughs> like, dude, this is bad. Like, I don't, I've never seen anything like this in any sport ever. And, and, and let's just talk about the fact that it makes the whole sport of hockey look bad. Like, nah, like you, it just you, makes the Columbus Blue Jackets look bad. I don't know. <laughs> Which I, I, don't, I don't know that they needed for, help for being a small organization in the first place. Well, I say but, small. But for small. like, for, for the hardcore football fan who's not a hockey fan or for the hardcore NBA fan or, or a football soccer. I think, fan. I think it's that, funny when stuff like that happens in other leagues. I just look at it. I'm like, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so well, that's crazy, man. That's amazing. I mean, I mean, they talk about like no media is like bad. Me- you know, no, no media is like, I forget the saying. What is it? Bad media is not necessarily bad media. Yeah. Any media is any good media, media. Yeah. And, and that, that like can that. be true in, in, in some senses too. I'm probably not with, <laughs> with the way Babcock deals with players, but regardless, I mean, you're at, you're at least people are hearing about it. <laughs> people should hear about it too. I mean, that's a bad thing to happen. Everyone should hear about that. I think we're going to 
we're going to hear more and more about this as we go on. And he, he got fired on Sunday. And we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, the 20th at 1045. And we've found out more since Sunday even. So I think it's just going to slowly keep trickling out. And then we're going to be like, dude, how did this guy even get a, a, a job back in the NHL? So he, he's never getting an NHL job again. Let's just oh, say no. that. He's he done. Shouldn't have he one absolutely done. Yeah. Okay, moving on, because I'm tired of talking about this. Okay. Uh, I, I could go on for another hour just about that. I but couldn't. Anyways. <laughs> James is just like, this is stupid. I'm done. Let's go. Uh, anyways, I want to get your... Well, actually, let's talk about this first. Okay. Some of y'all in this chat we're already getting on to me and saying, oh, well, the center ice logo that came out that had the Mooderis on it. Okay, obviously it was Photoshopped. No, it was not me. The Mooderis is still amazing. And I don't you understand. Wish it was you. <laughs> I do. I do wish it was me, but it was not me. But I don't understand why they don't just bring it back. Like, give us what we want. Come on. Or at least what I want. I don't know about James. Um... Yeah, you can want it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but in all reality, I, I, I like the new, the new center ice one. That it's, it's the same one from two years ago. It looks beautiful. It, it I think Chris especially loves that logo because that's the one that they put on the front of uh, the blackout yeah, jersey. Chris likes the so secondary he logo. really likes the secondary logo. So that it, doesn't it surprise looks nice. me. It, I still kind of like primary logo for center ice, but like. I'm not going to complain about the secondary logo. They, they it's did more that Texan, too. Texan. That is, yeah, Texas <laughs> hockey. Let's go. So Maybe anyways, that's what they're trying to push, too. Who knows? Yeah, but I, I think I, it's a great logo, and I, I'm glad that they put it on the front of the, the blackout. And it, it, I can't believe I don't know the answer to this question, but are they? I'm assuming they're still wearing the blackout this season? I don't know. I haven't seen anything I about thought, it. I thought last year was supposed to be the last year, but I'm not sure. I hope they continue using it because I, I know there's a lot of Stars fans that it's not as popular as the OG colors. Well, I say OG colors, the the main Red color Red, scheme yeah. that we have. Yeah, but still, I, I I like it. I like it. I hope they keep using it. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's get into our Traverse City tournament thoughts. Uh, I got to watch the first game. The first game. I got to watch it, most of it. It it was fun. I, I first game. Was I, good. It, it was. Let, let me put it this way. It was not great hockey. <laughs> <laughs> at all <laughs> it's a prospect tournament but, that's kind of yeah. what it's supposed to be but man it was so fun to see players players going at it and it's yeah it's relevant right it, it's future stars of the game we got to see stan coven we got to see bork we got to see uh bischel for the first time in a while I, I, he had it seems like he's always been hurt every single time we've had like rookie you know training camps going yeah. on or whatever so it was fun to watch him in that first game, and he got hurt in that well, game as well. He tweaked they, his knee. Tweaked he his tweaked knee. something, and they're being careful because obviously he's been hurt before. So, yes, <laughs> do that. So, so uh, let me ask you, who who kind of – were there any surprises to you that kind of stuck out to you that you were really – that you really loved? I thought Semenov looked really good. I that mean, was going to be mine too. The, the the big thing was that he was physical. Like it wasn't just he was he was skating around. He was he was fighting for pucks and he was creating chances multiple times over. He was the he was laying lots of big hits. I mean that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about like 
an AHL player that you might need to pull up to play fourth line minutes at some point. I, I, it, he looked really good during it. I mean, obviously there, you had the other people like stank oven and Bork. Um, I thought Bish, Bishel played really good in the first game. He didn't get to play in the other two just because they were being careful with it, but he looked, he looked really, really good in the first game. Like it, it was, it was shocking to me to see how good he actually was. Um, and in the second two games, I mean, Gavin White played essentially in a spot and he looked good too. So there's lots of, lots of promising prospects there. It's just, it, it's, it's, you can tell like there's just little things in everyone's game where it's like, if you can improve on that thing, you can make it. And it's just tons of question marks all over those. So I'm going to get into a couple of uh, players. Um, I particularly really liked uh, Chase Wheatcroft's game. That he he was he's a guy it, that was an under the radar signing by the Dallas Stars. He was one of the top point getters in I believe the OHL. WHL. WHL. Okay, WHL. Thank you. Um, and he looked really good. I loved Bischel's game. Dude, it, it was so. It, it's almost like they did it on purpose. They had that picture of uh, of a Bischel six five, and then Stankoven five seven. I was like, that's just they played, not. They played on the. They played at the same time mostly. Which right. It was funny. It was great. right. Oh, it was amazing. I loved it. Um, Weecroft was definitely really good. I. It felt like, it felt like he was like already one of the AHL players. Is how he was playing. It was. It was really really solid both ways. So and. I I also want to kind of second you on uh, Matthew Simonoff, and maybe it's because I'm a little biased because I really like the guy. Uh, we actually did a bunch, or I we did a bunch. I did a interview with him uh, last off season. So uh, as soon as he was drafted, uh, he was more than willing to uh, kind of spend some of his time with us. Uh, I reached out back to him just to see how he's doing. It sounds like he's doing okay. Uh, Maybe get him up back on the podcast and I mean, see how he's he looks really good in the tournament. He he really so, was one of the standout for me, especially physically. I think he was the most physical player we had. And he was a six he was the sixth round pick uh for the stars. And uh he was viewed as maybe even going as early as in the third round. So maybe this is a future, you know, middle six, bottom six guy for the Dallas Stars moving forward. That'd be pretty cool. I think he's probably bottom six just because like his yeah. his stick handling isn't there, but like he, he he has a ton of determination in that in that body of his. I mean, he was fighting for every single puck every time it hit the boards. Right. Now I, I'm gonna get a, a little negative here in a couple of players. So but I'll say positive things about them too. Uh Christian Cairo. His offensive game is so Dude, much fun to watch. His stick handling looks it's amazing. amazing. It looks it spectacular. Now, what I will say is he looked very lost sometimes in the defensive zone, which is and, really and, bad considering he is a defenseman. So yes, I, I think that's going to come with time. He's still young. He was. It's not like that, he was that a was, top prospect. So he's that got was time. One of, that was one of our later draft picks, and... It wasn't like crazy late. I, don't I think remember it was like second it was. or third round. Second I think it was or third, third round. I was thinking the third, but it might have been the second. But he hit his offensive is already there. That's that's the good thing. He he should he doesn't even have to touch that. I don't think it, it's just that defense that's going to come back in, and that's what we saw with Harley for the longest time too. And 
it, it's it's going to come. He's probably going to be more of a project, though. When I say project, he's going to come in at a normal defensive time. He's not going to come Which in 18-19. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I mean, and we've seen that. Uh, the only exception to the role that I think we've seen is Miro Haskinen, and he's right. a freak of nature, so he doesn't count, right? So, I mean, we saw that with Klingberg, and Otter, he, he did Otter's get he did get better. Too. Otter is kind of the exception too, but a uh, perfect prime example, Thomas Harley, right? I mean, he came in and he played in a game in the bubble when they were doing the round robin tournament and bonus kind of just threw him a bone and said, here you go. And he looked really rough. He looked very scared. He was not ready defensively. He spent almost the entire year in the AHL this past season, comes up the last six games of the season in the NHL and in the playoffs and looked dynamite and was a huge game changer. And And one of the reasons why the – the stars organization would did not feel like they had to go out and get a defenseman was because of the progress that they saw him make in the NHL. And he has to play a top four role for this team this year. Yeah. Has to, in my opinion. And a lot of where we're seeing these players, I mean, they hardly should probably be a year ahead in his development. I mean, we probably should have seen him last season, but he was, he was on the taxi squad for that COVID year. And that did in a lot of players. Mm-hmm. On, on a lot of teams and you're starting to see a lot of these players start starting to come back into the league now i mean you're getting players I, I mean mostly not like superstar level but you're getting these really good players that are just coming out of nowhere seemingly and it's it's saving a lot of a lot of teams on the cap mm-hmm. two other players that uh, i really kind of want to highlight and it, it, again it's just for the defensive part of their game they like they're so much fun to watch in the offensive zone but as a uh, francesco archery who has had a little bit of hype around him, and then uh, Antonio Stranges. Like like both of those guys, guys we've heard about. Stranges especially was, the, I love that player. I still yeah, he, hope he, he makes it. But I I, love I'm watching telling him you, play. I'm telling you, watching him skate, he is he has one of the best skating strides I think I've seen. And he was taken in like a low late he looks round, like a figure but, skater. <laughs> well, see, like to skate. me. And to me, I don't know why it reminds me of this, but when I watch him, it it looks like he's not ice skating, but rollerblading with, with the way it's that so he smooth. like, well, and, and instead of skating like this, he'll go to like, he'll like semicircle the offensive zone and he's got his skate blades on an edge with his knees turned out. And I mean, that is straight yeah. on like and rollerblading, which is for, strange, but it's so much fun to watch. For For me, the biggest thing with him is like, He's gotta be more aggressive with the puck. I mean, he, yeah. he has he has the skating, he has great stick handling. He he can see the ice pretty well. He's making really good passes to think of and at times. But like there were times when like it was just like him and the goalie. It's like, dude, shoot the puck. Just shoot the puck. <laughs> shoot the puck, please. And he would just he'd pass it along. And, and it looks mm-hmm. so he he looked so calm. And I'm like, like, you have to be more aggressive than that. All right, well, anything else? We get, we're 35 minutes um, in. We haven't even gotten to training camp yet. One other that I wanted to talk about was McDonald. He had a pretty good pretty good training camp or pretty good tournament. He looked that, solid. He he had he had some really good shots during the tournament too. He looked really good. Bork kind of was quiet most of the time. I but you know that no, doesn't really he, say but, anything about how he's going to do in no, training camp, though. Right? No, and it doesn't. And that's what most of this whole whole tournament thing is just for us to like look at the little toys that they all have and be like, "Ooh, cool." <laughs> but uh, 
I, I don't know. I felt like he probably should have done more. And I, he, he was playing with Blue, Blue Mel as well. And that was another guy. The, that like... Well, it was another one that did really good in the AHL last season. Mm. And it just, it just felt like they didn't have the same. I, I guess that's just because, I mean, Logan, Stankoven, and Strong Jazz were on the other line, and they're just so much faster. <laughs> they're yeah, just true. speed demons. That is true. <laughs> it looks like Bork isn't moving compared to those two. Yeah. So, well, anyway, uh, let's move on from this. And uh, I mean, it's fun to talk about prospects because the, they're the future, right? They're like the future of your team. And we're already seeing some of those kind of make tournament. their heyday. Yeah. It, it was really fun. Now, the thing that does stink is it used to be a lot bigger. It used to have like six to eight teams and it used to be a legit tournament. And like there'd be a winner at the end of the tournament. This wasn't really like a tournament for tournament's sake, if that makes any sense. They basically just played round robin and called it good. They just wanted, the teams just wanted to see how each team's prospects went up against that, the other prospects. That's, that's how it really should be, though, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you're, but, you're not, but looking... you have to admit it's fun to have a tournament. Like it that. is fun to have a tournament, right? They're trying to shorten the preseason. They're trying to shorten all these things to, I mean, some of it is it that make sure that players don't get hurt before they get into the actual season, which is a big deal, especially for, for junior players too. If any of these players are still going into junior league, they, they can't, they can't get hurt during a random prospect tournament before the season starts. So. It's fun, though. All right. Training camp. Let's get into it. So uh, the Stars recently came out and released their training camp roster. I'm trying to go to, to the podcast feed here to make sure I get the right numbers. Uh, it looks like we've got 33 forwards going, 20 defensemen, and 7 goaltenders. So 27 plus 33, that's is that 60 players? That's it's a lot. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Ah. Of Part of it is is we do have a lot of those those prospect players that we're looking at right now, which probably won't come in this year, but you want to get them in training camp this year. I mean, even if they don't even have a chance making it, let them see how it's going. Let them meet all the players. You get to have the prospects talk to each other more. You get to build those bonds more. That's really what you're trying to do. And uh, taking a look at the... Training camp roster, there's a lot of familiar names on here. So Francesco Arturi, who we talked about. Uh, Karlstrom is on here as well. Obviously, all the main guys that we've been talking about for years. Uh, some of the other players that are on here that are uh, interesting. Kyle McDonald. Uh, James, you just talked about McDonald yeah. having a I good... Mean, he, maybe he had maybe good this tournament. got him a training... Yeah, maybe this got him a training camp uh, roster invite. So we'll see how that goes. Um, obviously, Seminoff is on here as well. Uh, Wheatcroft, we kind of talked about. Strong yes, yeah. I am so excited. Double penetration. Oh, no. <laughs> I am so ready for that. I'm ready for that line again. And I know Razor is ready to use it. It's like cocked and ready to go. Like, let's go. Grushnikov on the defensive side looked pretty good, too. It, it, he, he was more solid overall, though. That's like one of those. I, I think of him as like a probably a bottom pairing defenseman, but he looks good. Looks solid. Uh, Tristan Bertucci, the top prospect uh, taken by the Dallas stars in this past year's draft is also going to be there. So that will be interesting to see how he does. 
Um, I, I didn't really pay attention to him a whole lot at the Traverse City tournament, but I heard that he he looked lost at times. Yeah. I think it was David I, Castillo that that wrote that or something like that. Yeah, it. I don't put a lot into that. <laughs> it's it's kind of he kind of just instantly got thrown into it. You're not expecting that. I mean, lot lots of these players that were in the tournament this year were probably in it last year too. So, and then on the goaltending side, obviously uh, Remy Poirier he uh, and Matt Murray. So those guys are going to kind of be <laughs> duking it out for. Uh, Kind of duking it out for the top job down in Austin and Texas. So I think uh, I'm Murray sure Chris... probably wins that, but it'll definitely be more of a battle. Well, Remy Poirier, I've heard, he has been doing good. a lot better lately. So he looked, he looked really good mm-hmm. for most of the tournament. I think he spent a good chunk of his time in Idaho this past season, but I, I heard he did really well. So we'll see if that translates to any kind of success in the AHL. So, but. Thinking about training camp, James, just look at it like a big, broad picture, okay? What's your biggest question about looking at training camp, and what's the thing that you want to look at the most? What's the most intriguing thing to you when you look at this roster? So I'm looking at the defensive defensemen, and I'm looking at how many left shots are here. <laughs> And it's all of them. <laughs> all of them are left. Um, well, Petrovic, I wish, I wish there were more, right? But if you look at it, it's like it's it's two thirds are left shots. So yeah, everyone who's left shot is going to have that much of a harder time getting in. And even Miro is left shot, and he's going to be put on right the entire time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's um, very true. Uh, I, I think I, I want to cry so much, man. I, I really think we're squandering some of Miro's offensive ability by putting him on I the right know. side. No, I the, the I, only no. time he got points this season is when he was playing on the power play where he gets to play on his strong side because okay, but he's the only lot. defenseman on the ice. But he but when you look at Miro Haskinen, you can't sit there and compare him to the more but, but, offensive like, guys. Like, well, the, hold, the on, reason... hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, like Quinn Hughes, for example, right? Quinn Hughes is a very good defenseman. He is, I think he's more offensively minded than Miro Haskinen is. But Miro Haskinen is a more well-rounded overall defenseman. He, I because would he take has Miro, to be, Ryan. but no, because he, he doesn't have, no. Yes, he does. He no, but that's, if that's he's not doing that he... on this team, he, this team will not win. Okay, that's fair, but that's the way that he came in. So I, I really think that that, that that's not that that's not true. There's there's just so much more there. There really is. And and to, to me, what proves it to me is the goals that he had last season. He had so many assists, like no goals. That's because he's on his offside. You can't tell me that that's not. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but I don't think it's inhibiting him as much as you think it is is that fair i think every edge in the nhl even if it's a little one turns into a big one okay that's also fair too okay i'll I'll give you that okay (laughs) hey guys it's ryan here we're back with another week of football and DraftKings sportsbook is keeping us in on the nfl action with great offers every single game day New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. 
Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, so that's on the defensive side. So if since you went with defense, here's my biggest thing. I'm looking at the forward side. Okay. Night. And I it's exactly like, like exactly this team had this is the most stacked team I've seen on the offensive side. And if we just get time. rid of the fourth line and just have four scoring lines. <laughs> I, I mean, we could. That's the crazy Someone, thing. Someone's got to play defense. No, James. No, no. Defense. But I mean, even even if you're getting like I, I know Chris hates him, but. Roddick Fox said he, he was in double digits and goals last year. Roddick and he was Foxa on the fourth line. Two scoring wingers could make Roddick Fox a 40 point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, know. like. But uh, that's, that's anyways. just hopeful, hopeful thinking. A- anyways, yes, the firepower is ridiculous on, on the forward side. But a couple of things I'm looking at is. And this kind of gets into some of the questions that we'll, we'll look at some of uh, Saad's articles. But is Pavelski going to continue defying father time? Yes. Is he going to be able to continue it? Because yes. I think he can. I think he can. And he has not shown that he's slowing down at any point. And he's got two guys who can skate. And he can just sit there in front of the net and tip pucks for all I care. <laughs> I mean, honestly, go for it. Do. Right. Uh is Dodonov, is he going to continue playing uh, with both Jamie Ben and Wyatt Johnson? You're not breaking yeah. Johnston and Ben up, but the he more... seemed to be that perfect complement on that line when he got here. So is he still going to force the issue and continue being that guy? Or is maybe someone like Stan Coven or Bork going to look at that and say, and... uh, this is my spot and push Jadana further down the lineup. That's another question. That's that's really where, where this training camp is going to be interesting. I mean, are you are, who's who's going to get pushed out? I mean, it's they're even the veterans are going to be very very pressed to keep their spot on this team on the forward side. I mean, Marchman might have trouble just because of the bad season he had last year. I don't think he will. He's just faster and bigger. But hmm. I mean. Dodonna for sure. I mean, he should he should feel a lot of pressure in this in this training camp, especially coming from Montreal, where it's 
pretty much guaranteed that he's going to play, even if he gets outplayed, just because you want the veteran presence with the rookies that are going to be there. But the the problem is he's got to play to score on this team. (laughs) I mean, he has to score for us to keep him on the roster. I think what we'll really see is we will see players like Marchman, especially if he does. It, I, I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. It, he lost his dad lost off season. That was really hard. He was in a brand new organization where he was, he had that pressure on him. He had none of that pressure in Florida when he scored, uh, was it 15 goals or 20 goals? Something like that. Like 68 points. Yeah, it was, it was quite a bit and he was, and he didn't play much, much thing. But I really think that Marchman is going to be the one that gets pushed down to the maybe even the fourth line, which, you know, it the cap hit sucks, I admit. But I mean, if you've got a young guy who comes in and he's pushing everybody down, let's just assume it's Stankoven, for example, and it pushes everybody down, his cap hit is not going to be that big of an issue. Right, gonna, and and I think it's not going to be an issue regardless. I mean, he's he's one of the bigger players on the team still. I'm pretty sure, and where your biggest players are Jason Robertson and Rope Hens, and you don't want either of them doing any type of hitting, really. Well, you want them hitting, but you don't want them going going out there and trying to force their will on people. You want them to make the plays that they always make. You, you got to have someone on the team who's willing to hit. Every every single shift. Let me jump back to Pavelski for a second because I, I kind of stole Saad's question over here, but uh, he has a couple of articles on uh, The Athletic, which if you haven't looked lately, uh, he has posted three articles for Dallas Stars fans getting ready for training camp. One of them he is about questions for the forwards and questions, and another one for questions for the defensemen and the goaltending. So for Joe Pavelski, how long can he hold off father time? This is what he writes here. Uh, Father Time is undefeated, but Joe Pavelski is holding a sizable lead in that battle right now. He has played every game the past three seasons, set a new career high in points just two seasons ago, followed up by another top five year last season. He is a key component to arguably the best line in hockey, plays on the top power play, and atop it all off is one heck of a landlord. (laughs) So what? I don't think he's going to slow down. I don't. I, and I think if he continue, as long as he's playing with Robey Hints and they and he continues to click like Robertson, that I don't believe that line is going to need to be slowing down. And that's my answer to that question. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think, I think overall he might take a step back in terms of what his line mates might do. I think he probably gets around the same points, but I think his, I think Hints and Robertson might just blow him out of the water both of them i mean, I really feel like like Kent should have another like just amazing year I, I feel like he should get better again this year but as long as long as he's got those i mean both robertson and hence are six three and 200 pounds so he's got some monsters standing next to him uh he'll he'll be good he'll be okay you kind of pulled him out there so let's talk about him uh rope hence his question is there another step or two left, or is this his climax? Even if this is the furthest he's going to go, it's spectacular because just of the way he plays, he's going to get at least 30 goals, 35 goals around that area every season. 
And then in the playoffs, he plays so good too. If he just shoots more, he's going to score at least six, seven more goals. Bare minimum, in my opinion. Anyways, uh, to kind of answer my own question about Rope and answer the question on the article, I don't know if there's another step. I don't think there's two steps. I think there is another step that he could go. And it's mostly to go in uh, offensively in the regular season. So I think that's going to be the next step that he takes. I think he's going to be a – maybe I can go say have a hot take and say this. I think he will score more points than Jason Robertson this year. Uh, Tyler Sagan. Go ahead and talk about uh, Tyler Sagan. Go. Oh, Tyler Sagan. Um, I think Tyler Sagan's going to do better this year just based off of him having a new line mate. Hopefully that'll click more with him. More experience there with him, though, might be really good for him considering how long he's been in the league as well. Having a bunch, two two experienced players, probably both centers. We're assuming, uh, what's his face? Why do I always forget his name? Uh, dude we signed, I forgot him. He came from Deshane. Not to shame. We're assuming he's going to play. He's going to play with Sagan. <laughs> I got there eventually. We'd assume he's going to play with Sagan. That that alone should increase his at, at least assists. I mean, Duchesne is going to score more than Delandria. Or or even, uh, I forgot his name as well. Man, I'm not doing good tonight. <laughs> well, we have hit a speed bump here on at the Starcastic Remark Studios with the internet and with brain power. My... my, my... <laughs> My brain's all foggy. I can't think of anything anymore. Uh, I've been like slightly sick for the past couple of days, by the way. It's been like ever so slightly, but it's there. Um, but just by him having more line mate, more more experienced line mates, he should he should get at least 10, 15 more points, even if those are all assists. Do you think he could? Uh, I, this is kind of a, a bad question to ask, but do you think he could take a step forward in his production from this last season? Because I think he can. I, he doesn't have to, but I think he can. And I, I wonder if that uh, that hip of his is just going to continue getting in his way because now it's been he'll be going into his second full season after his uh, really major hip injury, and we, we've seen that like with multiple other players in the NHL and with especially recently, it's either been the knee or the hip. And those have been like the biggest detractors from some Rare really good players. Yeah. So, I, I mean, even if he, if he can't get better, I mean, he's getting 50 points a season, which is not good for his cap hit, but considering what had happened, that's pretty freaking good. And also you could tell he was just, he was slow last year compared to what, he had been previously which is expected but it, it means that he has to he had to change the way he was playing and i think he started to figure that out later in the season and then and then and then a skate went slice and <laughs> took him out for a couple of games and then we had to keep him out for longer because it wouldn't heal if he skated so i, I really think i really think he's going to be okay especially with with having Duchesne there to help him i mean that should cover up his his speed at least i i really want to see him get back to at least 70 i mean we saw ben yeah we saw ben get to 70 this season that that's probably high for him now i feel like ben's probably going to take a little bit back maybe and hopefully sagan just evens that out you know he, he basically takes some of ben's points from this past season yeah that's my guess 
I mean, and a lot of people don't don't really remember that, you know, Jamie Benn was a 30-goal scorer this past season. And, yes, it helped out with him playing with Wyatt Johnston, but he was still top three in, on the team in points. It was like – I think he was I, second. Maybe he was second. I, I, I wanted to say he was second, but I didn't want to sound stupid because I wasn't positive. I think he had 78 points. He, he had 70-something. So, yeah. like, even Rope, even Rope didn't have as many points as Jamie Benn did. Rope so and got hurt for like a week. That's that's also true. That's also true. <laughs> Fair. But uh I really hope that uh Sagan can really get his production up. And if he can, dude, this team is unstoppable when it comes to the offense that it can and, provide. And also you're talking about the the power play from last season being as good as it was. It's it's getting better, not worse. We have the same first unit and we got a better second. <laughs> it should it should be ridiculous. Okay, a couple player, couple more forwards to talk about. Then we'll go to the defensemen and uh, some of the goaltending. But uh, Chris, I'll, or Chris James, I'll pick one, and then you pick you pick another one. Uh, I, I want to talk about Jamie Ben because we, we did just mention him very very briefly there. Uh, question on the on the article was: Can the production of last season be repeated or sustained? And you, I, we already heard your answer to the question was basically he's going to fall off a little bit, but at his expense, Sagan is going to get better. I think it's going to be sustained. I think he's going to have the exact same amount of points. He's still going to play on that that top power play unit with Miro, Rope, Pavelski, and all those uh, all those boys. But I mean, he why there's nothing that shows me that his production is going to go down. I think I, I know I said a couple of weeks ago that when we did our over under points prediction for the regular season that I thought we would see it lower, but I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to, I think he's going to sustain it. I think he's going to be a 30 goal scorer again. I, I just don't yeah. see how, I, I don't see anything that shows me that he is going to decline. And especially with, if he continues playing with Wyatt Johnston. The thing he has going for him is his power play goals. I mean, he he had 13 power play goals, which was tied for first among three different players, which is absolutely insane, by the way. Uh, but that that's really what's going to keep his point totals up, and that's what kept his point totals up all season last last year. I mean, being on the first power play unit of like, I think it ended up being like the third or fourth best throughout the entire season, and that that'll help your points quite a bit. <laughs> All right, moving on to defensemen and the goaltending. Um, I want to start. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Miro towards the end because that's obviously the biggest question uh, for me, even above all of the the forwards, because the forwards have plenty of help. Defense, not so much. Um, but what I want to talk about Esselindel first off. It it seems a lot of the consensus around Esselindel is that he kind of took a step back last season. He wasn't think- bad. I think he, he took not, a pretty big step back last season. See, honestly. I I don't I don't agree with that. I do I think it was a step back? Yeah, but it was not five steps back like some of the some people are saying. I think it was probably at but, least two. <laughs> okay, but I think his biggest thing is it he was really good, really really good with John Klingberg and he had a lot of chemistry uh with that guy. Now Maybe we see him develop some chemistry with Thomas Harley. Um, obviously, on the penalty kill, 
he was really good with Yanni Hockenpah, and that needs to stay the same because our penalty kill was excellent with those two guys on the ice. But the, literally the question in the article is, who is the right partner? And uh, Saad kind of talks about, he's just like, well, for the most part, he was with Yanni Hockenpah, but Essa Lindell was not as effective as he was when he was in the top pairing with John Klingberg. You, you back know who it day. is? Who? It's Lundqvist. That's the other right-handed defenseman. He's more offensive, like Klinger was. Problem is, he's a little bit shorter, so like you kind of lose your your <laughs> your two big rigs on the same line, which hurts a little bit. But we say he's short, and he's like five eleven, I think, right? Yeah, he's five eleven. That's short <laughs> for defensemen, though. I mean, all the other defensemen are six foot, except for Hanley and Kairu. Yeah, but that's, like that's but on like, the Quinn Hughes is like officer. I think Quinn Hughes is like five ten, isn't he? I don't think yeah. he's six foot. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> Quinn Hughes <laughs> scores. Well, and then 60 and then you've points. got like and then and it, and then, you know I don't like Minnesota, but like Jared Spurgeon, I, I I respect the heck out of that guy. He's like five seven, and he and he's a captain of that team, and is he's really yeah, good defensively. It, it's so still, I, I it can different. Work. It's still different for defensemen, though. I mean, all all the defensemen on the Golden Knights roster last year, all over six foot, all of them, every single one of them, and they were all monsters, and they could beat up everyone that they touched. <laughs> they could they could like breathe on someone and they would fall over, <laughs> straight in the face. Yeah, so it, it's it, I think it's got to be Lundqvist though to play with Essa. I mean, that's that's the other right handed defenseman that you have that should be more offensive that Lindell's used to playing with. I mean, Lindell had to be the offensive defenseman in the pairing because he had Hawk and Paw with him. And you really don't want Hawk and Paw being the offensive defenseman. <laughs> I mean, he he's big and he's got some big reach. He can break up stuff with a stick. He cannot stick handle very well. <laughs> he's not having a, have a good wrist shot. He can slap it. He knows how to do that. Yep. But other than that, I mean, you don't, you don't want to give Hawkenpah that much time with the puck. Speaking of Yanni Hawkenpah, let's talk about him for a second. His question is, can he add more to the equation beyond his size? Not will he, but can he? I think the answer to it is yes. Now, I think the bigger question is, will he actually be able to do it? Because if everything lines up the way that I think it will, he won't have to be a top four defenseman like he's been uh, like he was last year for the stars last two years, the last two years. It, it, if it, everything lines up the way that we hope it does and Lundquist and Harley are able to step into the top four roles. So what do you, what do you think? Find an answer to both of those questions. I think Hawk and Paw is going to play with Harley on the third pairing. I think we're going to see Miro and, Suter on the first pairing again. Oh my gosh, just please no. To, no, don't stop trying to gaslight me into thinking that that's not going to happen because it's going to happen. Everyone knows it's going to happen. It would take a miracle for it not to happen. Uh, you're going to see Lindell and Hawk and Paul get broken up just because, uh, just because of who you have coming in with Harley. Har- Harley's going to be the the other one coming in, and he's left handed. You're not you're not going to play him with. You can't play him with Lindell, even though that might be where you could. You could, no, but someone no, would be Lindell playing on their outside. 
Lindell doesn't play on his offside well, and Harley wouldn't play on his offside well either, especially just coming into the league. You don't want to do that to him. Uh, Fair. It just makes sense to me to put Hawk and Paw and Harley together on the third pairing. That that gives you the big pairing still. You have the massive pairing, and then Harley should be able to keep the puck and play. I mean, Hawk and Paw probably won't even notice the difference, honestly. <laughs> like, he's still going to be playing with a massive defenseman who can stick handle. It can stick handle probably better than Lindell, but doesn't play as well defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that that would look like a really good setup. But I do think we're probably going to see another year of Miro Haskinen and Ryan Suter. All right, well, you just brought him up, so we'll have to bring him up. We're getting late here, but it, it, who cares? We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Ryan Suter, can he remain a playable option? So he's coming into this season as a 39-year-old. He is not the player that he was, and we've, to a certain extent, it's been fair, uh, ragged on him. And then other times we've given him real credit. Like, for example, at the beginning of the playoffs, Probably was the star's second best defenseman for a good chunk of the playoffs. Yeah. Especially toward, with Lindell playing the way he was. Yes. But and then but towards the end of the playoffs, we started seeing it more and more that he, he, he can't tired. He he can't keep that level up, it appears at least. That, that's just what it appears I, I, like. I really think he got into the playoffs and he was like, dude, this team's got a chance. And he really he sent it all he buckled out. down and, and he and he put got it all the, on the he, table. He put it all in in the first two rounds for as far as he's been, by the way. That's as far as he's been. And he got That's to the crazy. third and fell. I mean, off a cliff. <laughs> Disappeared. <laughs> Who cares about winning a Stanley Cup for Jamie Ben? Let's win a Stanley Cup for Ryan Suter. No. <laughs> <laughs> if if anyone on this team deserves it, it's Joe Pavelski. Uh, that, that was going to be that was going to be my thing too okay uh i think he can remain a playable option i think he in a pinch he can play top four but man i really don't want to see him in the top four it, it he, he at this point it would be and i'm not trying to gaslight you but like i really think he would be best suited on the third pairing he's not That's going on I the think. third pairing you can yeah. hope and dream and hope and dream and hope and dream and hope, but it's not happening. <laughs> Ardell is just like, stop, Ryan. The, stop. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the only thing is, like, we, we complain about this dude so much. She makes, like, nothing on the cap hit for what a top four defenseman normally would makes, make. I mean, he makes $3.65 which is absolutely nothing for a top four defenseman. Well, I mean, if you put that, if you want to put that even into more perspective, Yanni Hockabaugh makes one point five million. Yep. <laughs> so, and that's how we're under the cap. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's some players that probably should be making more money. No, but we, we'll see. we definitely have taken a hit in our overall defensive, like defense, just defensemen in general. Sorry, overall defensemen to get better forwards, and I mean, so far it's worked. I don't know what you could complain about. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. How dare they not have more money in the cap to get a better defenseman? Right. Make sure they'll actually, they should have the money. I've heard it's going to go up by as much as $4 million. So we'll see. I believe nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I believe nothing. All right. Uh, let's kind of put both of these guys in perspective for this next part. Thomas Harley and 
Nils Lundqvist. For Lundqvist, what's the next step in his development? And uh, again, Saad talks about in the article, the, the best course of action it would seem would be to put him in the AHL, let him let him play top minutes there in the AHL, kind of like what they did with Harley this past year. The problem is, is that. he's now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, well, yeah, so that's one thing. We can't really do that because we really need him to step up now. And the other thing is he's 23 now, so he's not waivers exempt anymore. So they would have to put him on waivers. He, he uh, wasn't to, waivers exempt before, I don't think, right? I, I think he we was. Sign him, I think we signed him to a one-way NHL contract. I mean, one I way doesn't part of the deal. One way has nothing to do with waivers or anything like that. One way just means what if you play in the NHL or the AHL, you make the same exact amount of money. A two-way contract is like uh, in the NHL, you make a certain amount of money, which is like up here, make like seven hundred seventy-five thousand, which is the minimum. And if you have a two-way contract, you might make one hundred twenty-five thousand in the AHL instead. So with a one-way contract, you would make $775,000, period. There's no question about that. So, I but, think part of the problem is that Nils should be better by now. I mean, in his development process, he should be better than what he is at currently. And that's part of the problem. And really, it, it's – I think at this point, we're, we're almost past the AHL thing. Putting that, That's essentially putting training wheels back on He's got to do it in the off season. He had to have had, he had to have been training during the off season to be able to get a spot on the roster. He can, it is up for grabs. It is right there. He can take it. We signed people just in case he didn't. I mean, that was, that was picking up. Bay Ruther, Ruther, that's picking up. Got resigned. PTOing James, Jordy Ben. I mean, Jordy, that's what you're doing. Jordy, you're, you're, Jordy. You're, you're saying you're going to earn this spot. We're not giving it to you. And that's probably the biggest question of the entire training camp. It's Nils Lundqvist. Because, I mean, Harley looked absolutely amazing in his playoff games. We expect him to be on the team, even if he's, like, on the third pairing. He should be on the team. Nil Nils talked about him like... There. Yeah, n- yeah. Jim Nil talked about Harley like it was already a done deal. Like, should he, he, he's, he's on the team. Yeah. With with Nils Lundqvist, it, he kind of made that same. The, the tone you of his say, voice. You say that. Like, you you say you say that out in the public because you want him to take he, take that. Grasp he should it, be the dude. He, he is. He should be seen as the dude right now. But there's a reason why we have we brought in all these other random defensemen out of nowhere that are probably not going to play. It, it's because we're trying to push him to do something. And mm-hmm. so far, he really hasn't done anything. Mm. All right, let's talk about uh, Miro Heiskanen to round out the defenseman here. So Do we even have to. The dude's amazing. The, the oh, dude's by the amazing. way, a year older than Lundqvist. Right. That's see, that's amazing. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. So his question is obviously, how much is too much? So about what we played him. <laughs> I I mean that I think the, that's the dude probably would as much play as thirty. The dude would play thirty minutes a freaking night. It, it, it it's more stupid. when we win in overtime. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. It, it it's I just think that's that's where you have Harley come in and you have Lundqvist come in. That's where you need them to show up. They have to show up. One of them. They got two. Dart, they got two darts to throw at the dartboard, and hopefully one of them sticks. 
Harley, I think, is the more obvious one. And if Nils is able to do it too, then great. That's perfect. That's exactly what you need. But, dude, I, I just don't... I know he's 24 and I know he's young. So he can kind of handle it right now. But I wonder if some of the backbreaking he's having to do for this team right now, defensively and offensively, uh, as a defenseman, if that's taking off some of the back half of his later career and he's not going to be as effective, you know, I, when he's in his in his 30s and stuff yeah. like that. I don't and think I, so I, just I know, because... I know of... lots of people are like, who cares right now? They're, they're in the Stanley Cup window. They have yeah. all this expectation. They're third. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're third. Who cares? <laughs> it's Jason Robertson, Miro Haskinen, and Jake Ottinger. I mean, those four players are all going to go. They're going to have great careers here. But I really think, like, we could lose Jake Ottinger for a while, and we would be okay. Wedgwood would would step up enough. If we lost, hence, yes, that's a huge hit, but we've got Duchesne who can jump in onto that top line. We've got Tyler Sagan who could do it. Shoot, Jamie Benn could do it. Wyatt Johnson could do it. There's so many holes that could be plugged up by those players. When you look at the defense... You you can't say there's anybody behind Miro who could jump into that role and be able to play the exact same role. And we talked about it last season when he went when he went out for the little bit. I mean, the team looked different. <laughs> it was yes. not the same feel. It was not the same mood. They were and not, they did not play well as well no, without they didn't him. Play well. It was not pretty. So we'll see how that goes for Miro Haskinen. But how much is too much? I'll be honest, I don't know the answer to that question because we've given him a lot and he has put this team on his back. We're we're not going to know until his back breaks is the unfortunate part. So for the goaltenders, let, let's talk about it briefly. We've already discussed it numerous times this offseason, but for Ottinger, can the Stars reduce his workload? And for Wedgwood, can he provide enough in availability and ability? I think for ability for Wedgwood, absolutely. He showed that he's a more than capable goaltender of being a backup, and he's at a really big discount, in my opinion, for a uh, backup goalie. Well, so is so was Otter, for that matter. But the the biggest thing about this, they don't really have a number three guy who can come in and say Otter gets hurt, and what Wedgwood is going to have to be leaned upon. And they just don't trust. And it's nothing against Poirier or Murray, but they just don't trust those guys no, to be yeah. NHL ready. They're not ready. They're not. If you pull up either of those, you're you're expecting your forwards to win you the game, essentially. Exactly. And Wedgwood has to stay healthy so that he can get more games in so that Otter is ready for the playoffs. And that, I think that is the second biggest question heading into that, this. That's where game. it really, really stung how the year kind of played out. Because we didn't have a lot of injuries, we but both of our goaltenders got were injured at at one point during the season. It it was it was Otter first, and Wedgwood had to keep playing, keep playing, and then Otter finally came back. He played everything, and then we were like, "Why is Otter playing everything?" And it was because Wedgwood was hurt, and then then Otter just had to keep playing, and then we were in a playoff run, and we were like, "Did we just keep playing Otter?" And the answer was yes. And looking back on it, I wish we said no, but. I mean, you you just hopefully you can have a more healthy back and forth this year instead of okay you have to play okay now you have to play okay now you mm -hmm. have to play again just just one of them 
not being injured. If 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 one gets injured, that that can be okay. If both of them get injured at some We're points, in a lot of problems. Yeah, but I mean, they do have that option of going out and making a trade. Like I mean, exactly like what Nil did for Wedgwood, mm-hmm. right? When and we probably would probably see that this season, honestly. Yeah. If something, especially if both both of them get hurt, because there's no way that you can take. If a, one of them gets hurt, I think we're doing that. You know what? You're right. I think that's fair. It's, if it's for an extended period of time, if it's like for more than two weeks, and Otter's going to be out, or Wedgwood's going to be out for more than two weeks, I agree with you. I think they're going to need to go get somebody else. But there's a plethora of goalies out there right now that. Uh, there's even going to be a bunch on waivers uh, here in a couple of weeks once they start making cuts uh, at training camps across the uh, United States and across Canada. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, any last overall thoughts looking at training camp and what you're looking forward uh, to, James, before we kind of wrap it up here tonight? Um, I'm still looking forward to see how long uh, Strong Jazz can stay on the training camp roster just because I love watching him play. Uh Maybe he could get to some preseason games and we get to see him some there. Oh, he'll get some preseason games for sure. I have no doubt. Yeah. It's, I, I, I just really want it. I don't know why I like him so much. His skating's just awesome. It's fun to watch. Yes, I agree. <laughs> He's very fun to watch. Uh, my big, my biggest things, they're not necessarily training camp things, but just training camp storylines. Get Miro some help, man. <laughs> That's my biggest one, and that comes back to Nils Lundqvist and Thomas Harley. They have one and or both have to step up in order for that team to be successful, especially on the defensive side of the puck. I'm not sure they have to step up for the team to be successful. The team's going to be successful without them, regardless. I mean, the forward group is too deep. The centers are too deep on this team. Even if the defense is lacking, the centers are going to come back, and they all play solid defensively. I mean... This team's going to be good with or without them. This team is going to destroy the division if if both of them are good, solid options. I mean, they don't even have to be like amazing rookies. They have to be solid, and they will be. This team will be absolutely amazing. And we'll leave it at that. Okay, our last segment for the evening: the Who Cares segments. If you don't care about who cares segment, you may exit the podcast now. Anyways, we're going to get into it. And we both talked about this right before we started it. Uh, we that We talked about it two months ago. Ron. Oh, shut up. We got to stop doing that and just to say it's two months ago. <laughs> some people have actually started thinking that we like plan these things out like we two do. months in advance. No, we, we don't. Do. We, we literally just, do. We have, we have a Google we Doc. We no, have a no, Google Doc and it's all down. <laughs> You're such a little liar. We, I'm we not were a late. liar. We started late. We, we started late at like 10, 20. We were working on and, your internet. N- okay. Okay. That's a shot in the dark. Thanks a lot, James. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, our Who Cares segment for the evening, we're doing our top three Pokemon. Our top three Pokemon. And Chris is going to be very upset that he missed this segment. We'll see how he uh, reacts when he comes upset. back. And fine. no, he'll be upset. Be so we'll, we'll see. Uh, anyways, uh, James, you start us off with your number three. Uh, my number three is a uh, good old Eevee. Eevee's such a good Pokemon. 
can evolve into any of the forms. It's so great. It's so cute. Little, little fluff, fluff ball, you know, just that's it. That's all I got. I don't have a lot to talk about with Eevee. I just like the way Eevee looks. Eevee also has like a bunch of different, uh, what do you call oh, that's, them? That's what I was saying. Evolutions. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I missed it. Evolution on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Evolution. Okay. Uh, my number three, I got to go with uh, Raichu. I the don't really have a reason. Everyone picks Pikachu. It's the worst version. No, it, I if like Raichu. If you choose Raichu Aloha version, then it's okay. But you just chose normal Raichu. You're just wrong. See, I didn't even know there was a different version of Raichu. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even. You're I didn't not even doing know. your research very well, Ryan. No, I did not do my research very well. My number three is Raichu. James, number two. Uh, my number two is Pitplup. This was the first uh, Pokemon that I chose in the games. This is the first game I played. I forget what what color gem or whatever it was <laughs> that had Pitplup in it. But I played. I had a whole playthrough with Pitplup. Very fun, evolving into the different versions. Then you get to surf on him at the end when he's in Porygon. Isn't that great? Yes, it's amazing. It's I great. agree with you. Well, I'm tired, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up pretty quick. My number two, and it's it's a pretty easy one. I'm sorry, I'm old, so I go back to the OG Pokemon's. My number two is Squirtle. Squirtle is just amazing. He he goes all Shows the way a turtle. Yes, I, I, I guess I chose a penguin. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, hold on a second. I love Squirtle. He, he he's he's super cute. It, it's, it's some of my fondest memories growing up uh, with with the whole Pokemon world was with Squirtle. And uh, yeah, not much else to add to that. James, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is the embodiment of Ryan. Um, it's Snorlax. <laughs> big fat lazy perfect representation of ryan reminds me of him every time i see him absolutely amazing oh that's, uh, that's my number that's one good Th that's good james that's really good oh thanks that's that's actually pretty funny i'm glad and, you agree uh, with me that it reminds me of you you, you talk to anybody uh that knew me in college and around the music building i could fall asleep anywhere <laughs> lazy and i would lazy i would small. always i was such a procrastinator i would always wait till like the last second to do anything including practice for my senior recital sorry dr air I, I didn't practice for my senior recital very much <laughs> but i did it i did okay um uh but th th that's actually pretty funny that you that you said that i, I like it uh my number one it, it's it, it's a lot of people's number one but it's it's a freaking fire breathing dragon dinosaur thing. It's got to be Charizard. Basic. You're basic. I don't care if I'm basic. Charizard is freaking amazing. He's awesome. He breathes freaking fire. And every time I think about Charizard, there, I always think about uh, the old Nintendo 64 version of Pokemon Snap. And what you would have to do is you'd be going along at the the volcano level or whatever it is. And there would be a uh, a chart, not a Charmander, Charmeleon, excuse me, Charmeleon, the second evolution. And if you hit him into uh, the lava or into the volcano or whatever, and it was a long shot, like you actually had to aim it pretty well. You, If you knocked him into the volcano, 
he would turn into Charizard and it the Charizard picture was worth like a ridiculous amount of of points and stuff like that. So I love that character. He is the greatest character, the greatest Pokemon. That's my number one. Okay, well, Ryan lost because mine was funnier. Uh, Yours was funnier. I'll give you that. No, you actually, mine was like more nostalgic. You went with the truthful but hurtful uh, Ryan approach. Exactly. (laughs) Well, the... I, some of my other favorites that didn't make the list, like Mewtwo. Mewtwo didn't make the no, list. I, I think he's freaking Mewtwo. awesome. Mewtwo is a dumb little uh, lab baby. Yeah. Wow, how mean. That That's where he came from. He's, he's so? technically not even a Pokemon. He is a Pokemon. Technically he not. Pokemon. He tried to take over the world, okay? He's freaking awesome. And then, uh, it, just because I like Squirtle so much, uh, the final evolution of squirtle blastoise i love blastoise it was it was so awesome i love blastoise so much so all right that's it that was a fast two care segment but i i think uh i think chris is gonna hate missing this one so anything else before we wrap it up tonight james no i'm tired my head hurts yeah 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 it's almost one o'clock in the morning over there out for you on the east coast and then it's still one o'clock my goodness Hey, well, at least you don't have to get up at six in the morning like I do. That's true. That yeah, was that you? was your choice, right? That is true. I am I am you a band director. Teacher. Yep, I did. Why did I choose to be a teacher again? Because you like music. Okay, that's right. But thank you for. I, I I thought it was the money for sure. I thought it was the money. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, that's enough for us here tonight. Training camp opens up tomorrow. We're super excited. Preseason begins on Sunday with a game against, I believe, the Arizona Coyotes uh, in Cedar Park at HEB Center. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward uh, to that. And right after that, the season is a mere couple of weeks away. And we have hockey back, guys. We're like three weeks out. Yeah, it's it's not far at all. And it feels like it's been forever since the Stars got knocked out of the conference finals. So I can't imagine the teams who didn't even make playoffs. Right. That too, yeah. But final thing, this team is going to be so much fun to watch this year. And there, I don't think there has been this high of expectations for this team since the late 90s, early 2000s. Even when the team won, uh, got first in the Western Conference uh, under Lindy Ruff, I believe that was the 15-16 season, we were nowhere near the complete team that we are now. I know that we rag on defense and stuff like that, but our defense now million times better than back in the Lindy Ruff era. So we are so excited. The only reason why we rag on the defense is because we used to have Klinger and Alexiak as well. Oh and Alexiak's the first... The- that's defenseman on Seattle now. So, like, <laughs> no, no, that, that's Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn is still the best. Okay, one whatever. There, Second best. Second best. He was the best until Vince Dunn started getting better. But same difference. Did. I rest anyway. my case. Yeah, we got to go. This team, Anyways, this team it should be amazing. I mean, you, you, it's not just that the team looks really good. This is the best teams looked in years and years and years. The division has is looking like it's going to be the worst it has in years and years and years as well. So big opportunity for the Stars this season. 
And with that, let's freaking go, guys. Thank you for listening to StarCast Joke Remarks. If you liked what you heard here tonight, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we had about 12 of you at most listening here live. We appreciate you. There's many more of you that are listening afterwards. Thank you, as always. And, man, it, it's amazing. We, we, we've been doing this for three years, and the growth that this podcast uh, has done, the community that we've grown uh, with so many amazing people who continuously come back and listen and leave their thoughts and leave their comments and let us know how, how a great job we're doing. We really appreciate that. Uh, it's one of the things that keeps us going. And uh, despite how busy some of our lives continue to be or the fact that all of us don't live in the DFW area anymore, we can we continue to still do this because of you guys. So thank you very much. Along with James, my name is Ryan. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. And the next time you see us, hopefully there will be preseason games going on. Hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. We will catch you guys. Have a good evening.